We are now solidly in the season of Pentecost. And at a little risk of going off the rails here in a little church nerd alert, I wanted to talk to you for a minute about what we do in these seasons like Pentecost. Now, you may or may not know that we have a three-year cycle of readings. We read from a lectionary, which is an order of readings in our scripture, for Scripture in our worship services. And every three years, we go through a cycle. This is year B, or the second year of that cycle. And in Pentecost, in year B, in that second year, we focus on the Gospel of Mark. And so what you will hear over the next weeks and months is rolling through the gospel of Mark, story after story after story, what Jesus does in that gospel lesson. And even though this is the third chapter of Mark, we are already in a lot of action. Mark is a short gospel. It's quick and dirty, and Jesus gets to the point really fast. And so here in the third chapter of Mark, we are already in it. Jesus has already begun to preach and teach and travel around, and he's drawing a crowd. And when we get to today's story, we see that that crowd has drawn the attention of those beyond itself, which means there are people who show up to see Jesus and this crowd who are not necessarily part of those people looking to follow him. Right at the beginning of this gospel lesson, we see Jesus show back up. He's sort of on his way back home after a little preaching tour that has been very successful. But what he's been doing has been a little unorthodox. He's been healing people, and he's been casting out demons. And his family hears that he's on his way back home, and they're the first ones that come out to try and figure out how to control him, settle him down, maybe give him a little rest. Because, of course, he is probably kind of crazy, right? And if Jesus is doing some crazy stuff, his family wants to remind him who he really is, right? Let's have a rest. Calm yourself down. Don't be so crazy. And they are, of course, the nice ones. Because those who have traveled from Jerusalem are not thinking that he's crazy. They're thinking he's possessed. And that's the context in which Jesus begins a teaching that is not perhaps the easiest teaching for us to hear. Now, as I was preparing for today's sermon, it reminded me of being a youth minister. I was youth minister for a number of years, and I would go on these youth retreats, particularly happening retreats. And for those of you who aren't familiar with this, happening is a little three-ish day retreat where youth from all over, not just from a single parish, would get together and they would sing and dance and not sleep much and eat lots of candy. And that kind of youth retreat is fantastic. And every time I would go to one of these retreats, I would see something crazy happen. Now, in these retreats, it wouldn't be the kind of youth crazy that's sort of mayhem, right? I'm not talking about youth mayhem. I'm not talking about being out of control, and I'm not talking about that kind of ugliness that we may assume. But instead, I'm talking about a different kind of crazy. Because at these youth retreats, as each day progressed, they would begin to relate with one another more deeply. I saw youth who would sit together who only days before were complete strangers. I saw youth sitting together who in real life at home were not supposed to be friends. I saw for a few days, just a little brief moment in time, that the teens were not defined by world standards. 
They weren't defined by who was considered cool and who was not. They weren't defined by who has money and who doesn't. They weren't defined by any of the ugliness that the world put on them, but instead were able to shed those layers and actually just kind of love each other for who they are, for who God created them to be. And that, if we're honest, is a very particular, wonderful kind of crazy. And I think Jesus would understand that kind of crazy. Now back to today's gospel lesson. The people who think Jesus is crazy are the ones who believe that he should be acting in a particular way. We heard that his family thinks he's nuts and he needs to take a little break. But the religious leaders are going a little farther. Those who think that he is possessed are actually beginning to use that against him. And the claim they make is sort of makes logical sense to me. The only person who can command a demon would be king of demons, right? But Jesus throws this back on them and says, do not let whatever you have created in this world bind you to the way that God works. In other words, Jesus is using their legal structure, their religiosity against them. Now, we might hear this story and the judgmentalism that's being presented to Jesus and think, poor old Jesus, he's just doing good stuff, right? I mean, he's Jesus after all, we like him. But what's really happening here is that Jesus is taking the idea of religion and expanding it. Now, religion, religion is meant to create boundaries around the way that we operate, the way that we live, so that we can better connect ourselves to God. And in that level, religion's a good thing, right? Religion can really help us to define a way in which we can connect best to God. The word religion even comes from the root word connect. Think words like ligament or obligation, right? Connecting us to something important. But religion can get in the way when religion begins to bind us from living a life in fullness with God. See, on one level, religion can be helpful. But on the other level, we get in trouble when religion becomes more important than this abundant life that we live with God. And perhaps that's what's really happening here with the scribes in today's story. Perhaps the scribes, who are part of this incredibly inspiring tradition that have helped the people of God do good in the world, perhaps what they've done is they've gotten so far into the depths and definitions of rules and boundaries that they've stopped seeing what's possible with God. Jesus says to them, the law is not about binding us, but about helping us fulfill our relationship with God, helping us get the most out of this life with God. Religion's not meant to hold us back. Religion's meant to give us a thoughtful and faithful direction so that our lives can be a witness to God's amazing grace and love. Over the last couple weeks here at St. Michael, it feels to me like we have lost some of our best and brightest members. And as we have lost those members, we grieve for their loss. 
But then very soon after, we come together at a service to remember their life. And what do we call this service but a celebration of life? We celebrate their lives, not because we need to, not probably because they would really want us to, but we celebrate their life because we are reminded again of the gift that we have with God right now. Over and over again, when we come together to do our burial office, our service, our funeral service, we begin with that sadness and grief and we launch out into joy. We leave our services saying Alleluia because for that person we loved, this human life is, on, is over, but their real life has just begun. Their chains have been broken. They are no longer bound by anything that this world can do to them. And instead are living in this eternal, crazy grace of God. And it's when we celebrate those lives that we are reminded just what God wants for us right now. Now, I'm often say to people that the number one reason to be an Episcopalian is to be buried in the Episcopal Church because we do it best. We celebrate the way that someone has lived so that we can be inspired to change the way we live now. So if Jesus is considered crazy for healing on the Sabbath or gracefully welcoming the people who aren't the right people, and even banishing evil from the lives around him, then I think we're supposed to be just a little crazy too. The way we live is meant to point back to our wildly merciful and uncontrollably graceful God. And in living that kind of life, we will be seen as unproductive, inefficient, and perhaps even unsuccessful. And people may think we're crazy. And when they do, remember stories like this, because we will be in very good company. Amen.